Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. We are continuing the series called I'm Not Okay. And uh, in this series, we've been talking about how we, on the outside, may look like we have everything going on and that we're okay, but on the inside, we could be falling apart. And it's been really cool because some of the feedback that I've received from a lot of you is, is, man, this series has been really helpful for me. Like, I've been able to express what's going on inside of me. Some of you have been like, I've never been to a church where you can say you're not okay. And everybody's like, oh, me too. You know? And so it's been really cool to hear how God is working, how God is moving in this series. And uh, we've been covering topics like being overwhelmed, uh, fear, shame. Last week, we talked about anxiety. And this week, we're going to be talking about loneliness. And so if you want to catch up on anything, you go online and, and watch those. But uh, over the last several weeks, we've asked you to fill out these cards. And these cards are meant for you to express what's going on inside of you so that we can be praying for you and what you're battling and what you're going through in life. And so a lot of you have filled these out, and what we've done is we've put them on that back wall. And all you need to do is grab one and just start praying over somebody. I would encourage you, don't read it like I got to know what everybody's going on in their life, but, but grab one and be intentional about praying for that person. If you haven't filled one out, grab one and put yours up so that somebody else can be praying for you as well. But uh, uh, when we asked you to fill these cards, one of the top things that you all said that you were battling with was loneliness. And so I think for a lot of us here today, we would say, I'm not okay, I'm lonely. And then this feeling of loneliness is not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. Statistics show that, that our loneliness is on the rise. And I think there's a few reasons for this. Number one, I think it's just that we're busier than we ever have been before. I think COVID kind of set new traditions or new values or new rhythms in our lives. And, and so for a lot of us, we're working from home. And so, you know, because our office is just down the hall or at the dining room table, we're busier than we ever have been. You know, we're on Zoom meetings all the time, answering emails, phone calls. We're constantly just bombarded with work and we're busier than we ever have been before. I think another reason why we're just this uh, loneliness is on the rise is because technology has made it possible for us to exist without human contact. You know, think about this. I remember growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my dad and I, we would go to breakfast and, and we would hang out and, and enjoy that. And then we would tr- drive all around the neighborhoods in, in Albuquerque. And what we were doing is we were going garage sailing, right? And so we would go there and we'd offer people, you know, we would wheel and deal and get a bunch of junk for 25 cents. Like that's what it was. And it was fun. And there was human interaction there. There was human contact. But now what do we have? We have these screens with Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. We don't really need to have contact with people. Again, COVID kind of reset some things that we do. For a lot of us, what do we do? We, we don't even need to go to the grocery store anymore, right? Like we can just go on an app and pre-order it and have it delivered to our car or delivered to our house. Or we don't even need to go to a restaurant anymore. We can just Uber eat stuff and have things delivered to our house. You know, technology, all the introverts in the world are loving the technology because we're like, yeah, I don't have to deal with people, right? But the truth is that's leading to a lot of our loneliness. It's not helping us. I think another reason, another factor in this jump of loneliness is how divided we are on almost every single issue. I remember there was a time where it was like, there's a few things that would divide us, but now it feels like almost everything 
will divide us. And there's so many different reasons we're experiencing loneliness. And statistics just show that loneliness is on the rise. We're becoming more lonely by the day. In fact, I did some research this week about loneliness, and I wanted to start off with a definition of loneliness. And for some of you, you're like, well, it's kind of obvious, loneliness, right? Like, I mean, do we really need a definition on it? But just so we're all on the same page, according to the National, Health, uh, National Institute of Health, it says that loneliness is the distressing feeling of being alone or separated. Social isolation is the lack of social contacts and having few people to interact with regularly. You can live alone and not feel lonely, and you can feel lonely while being with other people. This week, some of the statistics that I found, specifically people uh, that are Gen Z, people born 1995 through 2012, they are known as one of the loneliest in, generation, in, in, our, in our history. They're the lonely generation. 68% of people, they did some research and they found that 68% of those people said that they feel like no one really knows them. They are more connected than they ever have been before, but they are lonelier than they ever have been before. And listen, I don't think that just is applicable to Gen Zers. I think we all could agree. I think we all can feel that. For a lot of us, we are very well connected. Social media seems like it should connect us, but what ends up happening is we're often more isolated and we're feeling lonely and no one ever knows us. Again, the National Institute of Health back in 2019, they did some research and what they found was that loneliness had led to higher risks of multiple physical and mental conditions. That loneliness led to high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's disease, even death. So now that I've made us feel all lonely this morning, right? Like I think some of us are like, I could just use a hug right now, right? Like this week at our group, we always eat before we discuss what the Lord's showing us on, on a Sunday and what the Lord's doing in our lives. And, and I preempted the group and I said, hey, uh, we're probably going to want to eat some comfort food because I'm feeling a little lonely in preparing this message, right? But, it, but in reality, I feel like God's really spoken to me over the last, uh, this, this last week and how to battle and how to deal with loneliness, I think for me, it's been a really, it's been a check of, am I lonely? Am I able to apply these things we're about to talk about? I think especially as guys, like we're like, I'm the lone wolf, you know, I'm like 007, I'll get this done, right? It'll be fine. And sometimes I don't think we want to admit that we're lonely when in reality we are loneliness. Because on a serious note here, I think the loneliness we feel in our lives leads us to try to fill that void. I think we experience loneliness. So we think, well, if I just climb the corporate ladder, if I just stay busy enough, then I won't be lonely. I think for many of us in our loneliness, it's led us to pornography because we just want to feel closeness. It's led us to, to experience with alcohol or drugs. We're just trying to fill the void of this loneliness. And in this loneliness, sometimes we think, am I ever going to get out of this? And it leads us down some thoughts that we shouldn't be having. It leads us down to suicidal thoughts. Those aren't things that I'm just saying to be like, let me be shocking. Those are things that are written on these cards. Those are things that we're experiencing, that we're going through, that are hard for us, that we're praying over. I think for a lot of us in our loneliness, we try to fill all of that when in reality, God will be with us. 
God will fill our loneliness. God will do for us what nobody or nothing can do. But here's the thing. I don't know what your experience with loneliness looked like in the past. I don't know what your loneliness looks like today, but here's what I do know. At some point in your life, you will experience loneliness and you need to know how to face it. You need to know how to battle it. And so, like I said, today we're going to be looking at different passages in God's word to see how we're going to battle loneliness. But the, but the way my points are organized is this. We're going to start off with a myth that I think a lot of us would believe about loneliness. And then we're going to describe a truth about our loneliness. And so the myth that I think a lot of us believe about loneliness, and this is the first thought, that friends can fix my loneliness. It's a myth we believe, that friends will fix my loneliness. See, we could be in a room filled with people that we know or we don't know, and we could still feel lonely. You could be married for two, five, 10, 50 years and still be lonely. You could come to church every single weekend, never miss a weekend, and still feel lonely. You could serve or, or you could be in a group and still experience loneliness. You could have 5,000 Facebook, Instagram, TikTok followers, whatever it is. You could be well-connected in the city. You can know a ton of people and still experience loneliness. The truth is, friends in general can't fix our loneliness. The solution isn't, well, I just need more friends. I need my old friends, my college friends. Just give me any kind of friend. The truth is, you need the right friends to help you fight loneliness. Friends that align with what God's design for what friendship is supposed to look like. The Bible does talk about friendship all throughout the Bible. In fact, I love what Proverbs 17, 17 says. It's the first place we're going to look today. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Or in other words, born in a time of need. The Bible says we need to have the right friendships. We need to have real friendships in our time of need. You may not know this, but God cares about you having the right type of friends in your life. And God makes it very clear on the type of friendships that are supposed to mark your life. In fact, just looking over another chapter, it says this in verse 24 of chapter 18. It says, a man of many companions or many friends may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. See, we need to have people in our life in a time of need, like Proverbs 17, 17 says, and we need friends like Proverbs 18, 24 that sticks closer than a brother. So in other words, we can know a lot of people. You can have lots of friends, but there are certain friendships that the Bible says that should mark our lives that no matter what we're going through, there are people who love us in our time of need and they'll stick by us closer than a brother and we will stick by other people as they go through what they go through. See, you need friends in your life who know you and who know God. And those are two very important things and we're gonna talk about that here in just a second. But the solution to fixing any loneliness is not more friendships, more people, it's the right ones. And listen, if you do not get this right, you will not battle loneliness the way that God wants you to battle loneliness. Real freedom from loneliness is for you to have friends in your life who know you and know God. 
So how do you get there? How do you get to a place where people know you? How do you get to the place where you're, you're living out those verses in Proverbs uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18? How do you move from surface level friendships where we're talking about the weather, Instagram reels, uh, uh, sports, or what our kids are doing? You know, how do we move from those shallow friendships to deep, meaningful friendships? See, all friendships need to start off by talking about the weather, football, certain common hobbies and interests, and, and all those things are good. I like talking about those things. They should. We need to start there, but we can't stay there. We need to move on from that. And I think a lot of us, we don't want to move on from that because we're like, I don't want people to see the messiness that is my life. I don't want people to see and be exposed for the things that I'm dealing with. I want people to think that I've got it all together, but inside we're falling all apart. And that's not the way that God wants us to battle loneliness. In fact, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If you're going to battle loneliness, you need people in your life, in your time of need, who will stick closer to you than a brother, who will sharpen you as you walk in your relationship with the Lord. If we're ever going to battle loneliness, then our friendships need to move in a deeper level. And the way you get there is by opening up and you find people who are close to you and who know you. And not just what everyone sees on the outside. They need to know the different parts of you and what you're battling with on the inside. They need to know where God still needs to take ground in your life. Areas maybe where you haven't fully surrendered to God. They need to know where you're struggling. They need to know where you're tempted. You need people in your life that know your flaws, your scars. They know everything about you. In fact, I love what the Bible says in Hebrews 3. This is how we know this is true. It says, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. What this verse is getting at is God's like, hey, the remedy for you having your heart hardened by sin is to have people in your life that can look at you and encourage you to the standard of God's word. You need to look at your life and you need to be able to have people in your life that call you out in areas you need to be called out in. And you also need to be able to call out your friends in areas they need to be called out in. And the only way we move from the shallow level of friendships to deep, genuine friendships is we need to have people that are for us in our time of need, people that are closer than a brother to us, people that sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. We need to be open and honest, and we need to talk about our dating and our marriage relationships. We need to say, hey, I don't know that I'm ever going to get married. For some of you who are married, you're like, I don't know that I'm getting this right. We're really struggling here. We're having a lot of issues and a lot of problems, and you need to open up about that. You need to open up about the stress or the anxiety you feel at work. You need to open up about the pornography that you're addicted to, the eating disorder that you have, the addiction to alcohol that you have. You need to open up and say, hey, this is not who I want to be. And listen, you may not even want to talk about these things. You're sitting there and you're going, this is uncomfortable. 
I want to open up to people in my life and talk about the addictions or the problems or the issues. They think of me as this great super Christian. I don't want to open up about that. It makes me uncomfortable. But listen, if you never open up, you're never going to battle loneliness. You're going to constantly be in the cycle of loneliness. You need to let somebody know what's going on inside of you. You need people to hold you accountable, to pray for you, and to come alongside you. Listen, you will not be able to battle loneliness if you don't have the right friendships and you open up your life and be known. Again, Proverbs 27, it says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. See, a true friend, a real friend, is someone who's willing to wound you with the truth because they love you enough to tell you. Now, when you go, don't just be like, I'm going to try to wound you just to wound you, you know? (laughs) Say, hey, I see this in your life, or I see this going on. I may be off, but I love you enough to wound you enough so there could be healing, so we can have this genuine relationship. Do you have friends in your life who love you enough to wound you and share the truth with you? In fact, when was the last time somebody wounded you with the truth? See, real friends are willing to speak the truth, and you have to have people in your life that that you are willing to let people in so that you can be known. But you also need people in your life who know God. Now, can you be friends with somebody who doesn't know God? Sure. Can you be friends with people who are like, well, you know, I I know about God, but I'm not really walking with him or following. He's not a big part of my life. You can be friends with them. You can hang out. You can laugh and have a good time with them. But the reality is you're not going to experience the type of friendship that fights against loneliness because you're not experiencing a friendship that shares the most intimate part of who you are. And if you are a Christian, that is your faith. If you share the Holy Spirit, you will have a kindred spirit with one another. You will share the same values, the same perspective, the same faith, the same commitment to following Jesus, which is far more uniting than any human or any family relationship will ever have. I know I've talked to a lot of you who go, man, I I grew up in a house where my family didn't really know Jesus. I grew up in a house where that really wasn't a thing, but, but man, I've come to church and the person I sit next to every week, the person in my group, the person I serve with, man, I feel like I have a kindred spirit. We share the same faith, the same unity. Man, we talk about what's going on and I feel closer to them than any family relationship. And I've known my family for a very long time. There's some of you where literally this is closer than, a, than, than your family, it reminds me of, of what uh, 1 Samuel chapters 18 and through 20 talk about. It talks about David and Jonathan and their friendship. Jonathan was King Saul's son. And while King Saul is trying to kill David, uh, David and Jonathan had this friendship where they shared a commitment to following God. It was much deeper than anything. They had a real, genuine friendship. And so you need to have real friends with someone who knows you that you open your life to and someone who knows God. Now, what happens if you're missing one of those two components? If there's someone who knows you, but they don't know God, they don't call you out to be the person that you want to be. It said they push you in the direction that you don't want to go. 
Because here's the reality. They know all the jacked up stuff inside of you. And so when you're hanging out, they're like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Who cares what is going to happen here? You can look at that. Let's go get drunk. You can go sleep around. You can go do all those things. It's fun. You like those things. They know all the jacked up stuff inside of you, but they're not iron sharpening iron. They aren't encouraging you in the direction you want to go. Instead, they're influencing you in a direction that's away from God. But on the flip side, if they know God, but they don't really know you, and you just let them in on certain things, then all you have is a real-life Facebook friend, right? Now think about it. What's a, what's a Facebook friend, an Instagram friend? It's a friend that you manage what they see of you. If you're, if you're friends on social media, you see whatever you want them to see. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. You project whatever image you want them to see. And the tragedy of all of that is you'll never experience what being loved is. You'll never experience real friendships that God wants you to have. And all you'll be is unknown, which will leave you alone. And some of you, you're here today. And the reason why you're battling loneliness, you feel so alone, is because no one really knows you. You're afraid to be vulnerable and let people in. Because you think, well, what happens? If I let people in, what are they going to think of me? What they're going to think of you is that you're an honest person, and you're honest to people who are close to you. I think what they're also going to think of you is they're going to look at you and go, man, they're a lot like me, but they're only a little more honest. I'm not saying that you need to go online and just let everybody know everything that's going on and be like, who wants to be my friend, you know? (laughs) Or grab the person next to you and go, hey, I don't really know you, but here's all the things I'm battling with. Like, that's not a good idea. You might lose some friends over that. But what I am saying is this week, be in prayer about who God has put in your life. Those people that will sharpen you, that know God. Those people that you you just have this kind of uh, 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 commonality with. And go to them and say, hey, I'm battling loneliness right now. Would you pray for me? Would you walk with me through this? Now, a word to those of you, if somebody does come up to you and say that, don't just be like, hey, sure, I'll pray for you. And you just kind of pray for them for 20 minutes and you might check up on them for a couple of weeks and then you're done and it's over with. Listen, if you're the person that someone goes to and says, hey, I'm battling loneliness, would you walk with me? Listen, you have a very big and real commitment. You will be committed to that person for as long as it takes. Because listen, if you're not committed to that person, we're just gonna keep cycling this loneliness. We're gonna keep going around and around and around. And and if you're not willing to do that, you are contributing to that person's loneliness. And so we need to be committed to one another. Here's the second myth that I think a lot of us feel or believe. It's the myth that accepting Jesus will fix my loneliness. See, I think a lot of us say, well, if I just accept Jesus, that Jesus came to this earth, he lived the life I couldn't live, and then he died, and and he nailed all my sins to the cross, you know, past, present, and future, and then he rose again, conquering sin, death, hell, and the grave. If I just accept Jesus, that's going to cure my loneliness. But listen, that doesn't fix your loneliness. 
It's not accepting Jesus that'll fix your loneliness. It's walking with Jesus that'll fix your loneliness and it'll help you battle loneliness. Think about this. So a few years ago, I joined a gym. And for the first month, I did not go to that gym, all right? (laughs) Don't cheer that. Like, I need, I don't need to be cheered. Like, great job. No, that's bad, all right? I need to go back. (laughs) It'll take me a couple months to go back, all right? But a few years ago, I I joined a gym and uh, I signed up for it. Now, now what would happen if I walked into that gym and I'd be like, you know what? I signed up for this gym about a month ago. And you said, if I signed up, then I would be in shape. I would be healthy. I'd be living my best life. But look at me. I'm not doing any of those things. And then what if they looked at me and they were like, well, sir, how often have you been to the gym? Have you used any of the equipment? Well, no, that's not the point. I signed up for the gym. I should be in shape. I should be healthy. They would look at me and go, you're nuts, man. Get out of here. You got to use the equipment, right? In the same way that having access to a gym doesn't lead you to being in shape, Taking advantage of that access, putting into action leads you to being in shape. It's not accepting Jesus alone that's going to solve your loneliness. It's taking advantage of that access, walking with Jesus on a consistent basis that will help you battle loneliness. So what does it mean to walk with him? I've come up with a few ways that we can walk with him. It's definitely not an exhaustive list. But it's a place for many of us to start as we battle loneliness. And the first is confessing and repenting of sins. We need to confess and repent of our sins. You cannot walk with God unless you're willing to confess and turn from your sins. 1 John 1.9 says, if uh, we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. In Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So here's what I'm getting at. The more that you allow sin to infiltrate and define your heart, the more that you just let sin sit in your heart and soak up, the more that your life is defined by the presence of sin, it creates this barrier of intimacy between you and God. You have to confess your sins. And we have a promise he will be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. See, the more that we are intimate with God, the more that we're confessing our sins, that's how we walk with God and battle our loneliness. For some of us here today, we feel so far from God because of the sin in our life. You haven't dealt with it. And God's been very clear in his word how we are to live our lives how we're to live righteous, holy, set-apart lives. For some of us, we're like, well, I know all those things, but, but I, don't, I don't do any of those things. I know I should, but you know. If you have an unwillingness to be obedient and repent from those things, you're far from God. Listen, God didn't move, you did. So if you confess your sins, you turn from those sins. As you draw near to God, we have the promise that he will draw near to us. Second way you battle loneliness by walking with Jesus is by being in constant communication with him. The Bible says, pray without ceasing, meaning keep going, talk every single day. Don't stop. Tell him what's on your heart. Pray without ceasing. God doesn't want a relationship with you where you see him as kind of the spare tire on your car. 
Now, let me explain what I mean. For a lot of us, when we came in today, we did not think about the spare tire on our car, right? Now, I know it's like basically summer again, like what the heck, but you know, it's warming up again after being so cold. But for a lot of us, we might think about those seat warmers. If you're really fancy, you got that steering wheel warmer, right? You think about those things. You think about other parts of your car. You might even walk around and inspect that car. You know, you think of a lot of things when it comes to your car, but I guarantee you never once thought, I wonder how that spare tire's doing. See, a lot of times when it comes to our communication and our prayer and talking with God, we treat God in prayer like that spare tire. We only go to him when we need it, you know? Like when you're driving through life, when you're driving your car, when you get a flat tire, you go, oh, I need that spare tire. I need that in my life. And many of us, we'll be cruising through life just fine, driving along. We won't ever talk to God about what's going on because everything is fine. But the minute something goes wrong in our lives, we go, God, where are you? God, I need you. We treat God like that spare tire. We don't pray without CC. We, we, we just stop and we only pray when we want to. Listen, a, a relationship will not survive unless you communicate. Husbands and wives, you know this, right? Like if you're not communicating, you're just a bunch of weirdos living in a house, you know? <laughs> that relationship is not going to survive. It's not going to last. You need to communicate. God wants to be in everything that you experience. He wants to be in constant communication with you. How do we know this? 1 Peter 5 says, casting all your anxieties. Your translation may say worries or cares. We're to cast all of our anxieties, worries, cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares about what you are going through. If you're battling loneliness right now, talk to God about it. If you're in financial hardship right now, talk to God about it. If your roommates are moving out and you don't know how you're going to fill the spot, talk to God about it. If you're just running late for work and you need some green lights on the way, talk to God about it. Listen, it's big, it's small. Talk to God about it. I've had people go, like especially kids. I love talking to kids about what they're talking to God about. And oftentimes they'll go, well, would you pray for my pet? Or would you pray for, you know, my school? Or, or you know, it just seems like so, so many times we as adults can look at sometimes the prayers of our kids and we can go, oh, that's so simple and so small. But yet they've captured this idea. They're talking to God about everything that is on their heart and what they're going through. And we need to do the same, big or small, pray without ceasing. Don't treat prayer like that spare tire, be in constant communication with God. Third way you battle loneliness by walking with Jesus is you trust and obey him. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. In other words, don't conform to what everybody else is doing out there. If everybody's doing it, it's probably a habit that should not mark your life. Don't conform to the pattern or the ways of this world. But instead, what are we called to do? To read God's word. And as we read God's word, what happens? It transforms our thinking. It transforms us. And you know what happens as you begin to take steps and you trust and you obey God? 
You think, well, I, this is how I should think. Or this is what God's word says I should do in this kind of situation. When you begin to obey and trust God, your faith begins to grow. See, faith is, is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. But the opposite is true as well. The less you exercise it, the weaker it gets. That's why some people, they can walk through the deepest, darkest valleys, the most painful moments in their life, and and they aren't shaken because they're fixed on God. Their faith is strong. They said, God, I trust and I obey you because I've seen you show up in my life over and over and over again. They know that God's ways are higher than my ways. Our thoughts are, that his thoughts are better than our thoughts. And so if you're lonely today and you said you were not okay, if today you feel like, man, no one cares about me. I don't even feel like God's near me. Maybe today loneliness has just gripped your heart and you've been on this search to to fill your loneliness. You've done it with various things. Maybe you've even believed some of these myths. Listen, no human can satisfy you. No substance can satisfy you. No amount of money can satisfy you. This week, the the thing that I felt like the Lord was showing me this week is that the way that we can battle our loneliness here on earth is making sure we have the right friendships. We have those Proverbs friendships in our lives where people love us. They're there with us through thick and thin. As iron sharpens iron, they're in our lives. There are people in our lives who know us, but also know God and are calling us to God's standard. And another way that we battle loneliness is by walking with God. He's with us. His word tells us that even though mother and father may leave, he's still with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't abandoned us. But as we walk with God, that's how we battle loneliness. If there's anything good about loneliness, Here's, here's what it is. It's a reminder that we aren't home yet. See, the Bible says that God has put eternity on our hearts. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, sometimes the loneliness you feel is just a reminder that your sin has separated you from God. But you are being reconciled back to the Father. If you've received him into your life, you're being reconciled back to him. But ultimately, as believers, our loneliness is a reminder One day there'll be no more pain, no more struggles, no more loneliness, no more fear, no more anxiety, no more feeling ashamed. For those of us who are a Christian, there is coming a day when we will be at home with Jesus. And that should give us hope, and that should give us peace in the midst of our loneliness. But for others of you, you've never trusted Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You've never confessed your sin and turned to him. And the scary thing for you is because of your sins, you're going to spend all of eternity alone away from God. See, Jesus came to this earth to experience loneliness so that you wouldn't have to. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just the fact that he wore a crown of thorns on his head, his back was beaten and whipped and the fact that his feet and hands were nailed to the cross, that's all painful and those are hard things, but it was also the fact that he was separated from his father. 
That's why when Jesus was on the cross dying for the sins of the world, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt abandoned. He felt alone because of sin. And because he took our sin, it pushed him away from the Father. Created separation between the Son and the Father. Jesus went through loneliness so that you wouldn't have to. Listen, God doesn't want you to experience loneliness here on earth. Listen, it's not a sin to even feel lonely. And this week, I just, I believe that God has made it clear to me, at least, this is how to battle loneliness. Having people where, we're, where we have intimacy with his people. We're sharing what's going on, but we also have intimacy with God. That's the cure to loneliness is intimacy. So I think God's made it clear how to battle loneliness in this life, but I think he's also made it clear that he's also won the battle for loneliness in eternity as well. And so you have a choice today. You're battling loneliness today. Are you going to walk with God's people, walk with God? Are you going to battle your loneliness by just trying to fill it with all kinds of other stuff? You're going to project an image of yourself and be like, I'm okay. Or are you going to do what God's commanded us to do? Be vulnerable with one another. Have intimacy with the Father. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, your first step is to accept and receive Jesus into your heart and life so that you for all of eternity will not experience loneliness. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.